What's up, y'all? A little faith, and welcome to episode number four of the Fagnostic Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hayes, and if I'm still giving you episodes, it means that I'm still looking for answers. On today's show, I have my friend Kyle Thomas. Y'all, Kyle is a world-famous pop culture astrologer who has been featured in Cosmopolitan Magazine, on ABC, on Hulu, and Marie Claire, and House Beautiful, on Yahoo News, MSN, and so many more. He's also one of the official astrologers for both astrology.com and horoscope.com. He is best known for his cosmic guidance for celebrities, business executives, and prominent influencers. His work harnesses the power of the stars in regards to entertainment lifestyle and trends affecting people worldwide. His writing and horoscopes have been translated into multiple languages. Kyle's been astrologically gifted naturally from a very young age and teaches how to use the universe to manifest the life you've always dreamed of. Yes, queen! With over a decade of professional experience and clients all over the world, he currently resides here in Los Angeles where he works as a professional astrologer, celebrity life coach, and author. Currently, he is the official astrologer for the Instagram accounts Horoscopes and Horo.Scopes Daily. That's over 4.2 million followers, okay? Oh my god! Kyle received two Bachelor of Arts for Psychology and English from the University of Wisconsin in Madison and integrates these degrees into his growing research of psychology, personality, and the human condition. I'm so excited for y'all to hear what Kyle has to say and to teach us about astrology. Welcome to episode number four of the Fagnostic Podcast. I have my friend Kyle with us today, who is one of the most relevant voices in astrology in the world. Um, And we're going to find out why that is in just a bit. Um, But before we start, Kyle, uh, also thank you for being here. It means the world that you would take your time to share uh, your your mindset of spirituality with myself and my listeners, uh, because it's a conversation like we've discussed previously that I think is of the utmost relevance. Um, So I start every podcast off with a question, and that is, are you a believer? I would definitely say that I am a believer in something much larger than we currently can comprehend. I definitely think that there are many factors at play in the cosmic uh, intelligence that we are a part of, because, you know, as an astrologer, I definitely utilize the placement of the stars to make predictions about people's lives, as well as about people's personalities. So, you know, there's so much out there that I think is fascinating to explore. And I also want to thank you, Matt, for allowing me to connect with you and your listeners today. It is such an honor to be able to work with people all over the world and to hopefully provide some sense of guidance and inspiration, even in the darkest of times. Uh, Especially in the darkest of times, I would say. Um, And then also just so that we don't assume anything, can you identify your pronouns? Yes, I am he. Awesome. Yes. (laughs) And then just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know Um, everything you're probably going to share, but my listeners don't. So can you just tell us where you're from, how you got here? Um, And and most specifically, I want to know, because you're from the Midwest, right? Where are you from exactly? So I am born from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I spent a lot of my time in the Midwest, predominantly in the Wisconsin and Chicago area. Right, which is, you know, probably not the most evolved uh, spiritual context one can fathom. So I'm really curious as to how you came from that environment, which is pretty church Christian church centric to this expansive spirit world kind of um, mindset you you have and lead now. Absolutely. So, you know, just a little backstory on me, though. Uh, My name is Kyle Thomas. I am one of the official astrologers for Cosmopolitan Magazine, and I've written for Bustle Elite Daily and many global publications. So that's where some people may know me from. Um, But I feel like who I have been uh, throughout my life is definitely an evolving uh, soul, you know, in, in many ways. I have often been drawn to spiritual topics in order to give me more insight about the world. And so, you know, I I was definitely born into a very conservative and traditional background, a Catholic to be exact. And as I have always been a very curious and inquisitive human being, I want to have answers about who I am, who we are, and the place that I exhibit 
in the cosmos. And the thing that has been really wonderful for me to experience has been the ability to study many different traditions, which has been an very enlightening because the more that I learn about different traditions, and, and I, perhaps you may see this too, the more that I find that they're all very similar and they have their own lens about what is divine and, and what that place that we exhibit is ultimately here for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's been so fascinating to see, you know, those sort of similarities and in, in, in what God is and what, what, angelic energy is and and what cosmic energy is. But at the end of the day, the reason I'm a professional astrologer is because there's something that's a little bit more concrete to it when it comes down to the mathematics, when it comes down to the equations and the placements and the geometry, the sacred geometry in many ways of how we can interpret that particular place in the stars. So, you know, I know that you are a Pisces and we actually have done readings before. <laughs> you know, did, I'm, I'm kind of, reading. yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, even from your angle, how you may have been drawn to astrology in the past or, you know, even what your personal beliefs of that is as well. I mean, what, what is your take on that? Yeah. Well, I, I told you before we hit record, I was telling my best friend, Brittany, this morning, I said, Look, I believed in Jesus. I believed in Jesus at one time, so I'll believe in anything going forward. Because uh, I think that if you can believe in the concept of the Christ, like you can probably buy anything. Um, but you know, for me, I think that the, the the desire for a spiritual connection typically comes out of extremity, whether good or bad. If you're going through trauma, you need something to to help ground you, to help you feel led or or purposeful. When you're experiencing bountiful riches, I still think you need something to ground you to make you see what's really important in life. Um, And that's kind of where my desire to figure shit out has come from. Because I honestly, day to day, I get by fine without it. I actually get by better without it because I feel like it's less of a hindrance over the internal dialogue in my head about what the hell is up there or out there or even there. but that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you specifically on this podcast, because, you know, the, the little time that we've spent together and just so everyone knows how me and Kyle met, we met um, our friend Scott Fullerton, who has his own uh, radio show that you all should check out called Left of Straight Podcast. Um, he may be on a hiatus right now, but he's fabulous people. He loves queer conversations and he does wonderful things for our community, um, including introducing me and Kyle in real life, because we kind of knew of each other before we met in Palm Springs. Um, But we ended up staying at the very fun and raucous uh, Indulge uh, in Palm Springs. (laughs) Had a great time there. Oh, girl, some wonderful memories that weekend. (laughs) That was Um, fun. That was a lot of fun, yeah. Yes, but that weekend you also did a spread for my year last year. I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, But I remember it being, as the year played out, I have the picture on my phone saved in my favorites. And there were two months I was really concerned about. Um, and they both ended up being some pivotal months for me. Um, one of them was in, in March, uh, and it was about my, my dad's medical, uh, excuse me, my dad's medical um, situation with, he had a brain tumor. And then the other um, was later on in the year, uh, which was the month that um, my then current representation dropped me. So uh, it was, it was, it was pretty accurate. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things too. Like I, it didn't make me scared to enter those months. It almost made me feel better knowing that there's a non-permanence to all situations. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think, you know, when I am utilizing, whether it be astrology or tarot, you know, we, we want answers at the end of the day. And I think it's something that really has empowered my life. And, and I try to utilize that to teach people to do that in the same way. I think a lot of people, you know, initially are drawn to astrology or to tarot for those predictive qualities, because, you know, whether or not you want to know where that relationship or that career progress is going to go, it still gives you some semblance of knowledge, you know, some, some grounding uh, insight in a way. Sure. And, you know, my favorite thing about astrology is that it has documented the patterns of the stars 
of their, all of their movements for thousands of years. So we are better able to understand the cycles that we are currently within. And, you know, I think the cool thing about it is that on a very practical sense, it's like thinking, oh, hey, we know that it's going to be rainy tomorrow, so I'm going to wear a jacket. Or we know that it's going to be cold, so I'm going to button up. It's that kind of sense that you're going to be able to know what you're going into and then also prepare yourself. So the thing that I really try to you know, emphasize in my work is the productive quality of astrology. And, you know, it's the same sense for you. You know, if you have some major pivotal turning points in your career, which I know are happening, particularly because of the eclipses, you're going to see a huge breakthrough at the end of the year. That's what you're leading towards professionally. There, that, that's a huge, going to be a milestone turning oh, point. Get for first, you. folks, get ready for end of 2021 for me. It's coming. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely going to be there. But it's the same kind of sense that, you know, rather than just waiting for it, if you know that you can really enhance something, or get a better experience, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know, I want to live life fulfillment. And that's what I call it. And I believe that everyone can, if you are in congruence, with the patterns that are happening around you. We all have ups and downs. We all have areas that are going to be challenging at different times. But then there are also things that are beautiful and, and bringing blessings into our lives. So I think that by being aware of what that is, what, what is being present, we can be more intentional and also utilize our resources and energy in a strategic way. And that's another reason that I approach my craft and my art form in that way. You know, for thousands of years, we've had astrologers that have consulted with kings and queens, and that's allowed them to see how to more effectively use their time. And I hope that through my horoscopes and through my teachings and my work that I can also help people do that now too. And you do. I mean, I know that for a fact. I see the comments on your pages. Um, but how did you transition? I mean, I know you 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 you, you kind of prefaced it, but going from ra being raised Catholic to mm -hmm. this very non-traditional Catholic. Um, I mean, I, I do think there is some Venn diagram happening between astrology and you know mainstream religions. But I mean, how did you make that transition from growing up how you did to where you are now? Totally. So when I was very young, I was actually able to look up to the stars and intuitively read their messages. So as I grew, I wanted to ground that in something that was a little bit more concrete for myself. And I've always been drawn to myth and, you know, to the, the ancient sort of pantheons and understanding what that was. And so, you know, even though I did have such a very conservative and traditional religious background growing up, which to be honest, I'm very grateful for, because I felt like it helped establish certain principles within my personality. And, you know, but being this curious mind, this philosophical mind, I felt that what was being taught to me at that period in time was too limiting to how expansive my spirit and my mind are. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that a conservative traditional religious background, no matter whichever dogma it is, is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just that I had to find something that was going to truly speak to who I was evolving to be and to who I am continuing to evolve to be. Because in many ways, I've actually cycled through different spiritual beliefs throughout my lifetime and also returned to some as well. And that's because I have allowed myself to grow and I am not keeping myself in a box. I would rather learn more about the human experience and everything I possibly can so that I can, like I said, embrace that life of fulfillment. And so, you know, I think that when it comes to the sense of being told how to love and who to love, that was a big turning point for me in regards to my evolution as a human being. And so I am a gay man. I have, you know, truly struggled on uh, in that as, as a young teen, that was very difficult for me to understand. But the thing that I had to come to was the fact that as a homosexual, I was not 
ever interacting with another man in a sexual way. I've always been a romantic. I've always been a very emotional human being. And because I hadn't engaged in any sexual interaction, but yet I was still able to fall in love with a man, that was the turning point for me. That was the awakening in many senses of the word. And so back when I was in high school, like I literally hadn't touched this person, you know, he was my best friend at that point in time. And that really kind of shattered my understanding of who I was. Yet as I was going through that rebirth, I was able to experience more depth in in romantic love than I had ever experienced in my lifetime up until then. And I feel like throughout my life, I have always been transformed by love, whatever relationship that be. And it's not always romantic. You know, I have very strong and important relationships with my mother and my brothers and friendships have also been so transformative for me as well. But I think at the end of the day, what I realized, even when I was 16 years old, is that whatever God is or the divine is, that force would not create something evil inside of me Mm -hmm. because I was just, I was just living love and giving love and feeling love. So none of that could be by any definition of it, a sin or dark, you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing is like, I can understand that there are certain things that may exist in people's psychology that may not be as conducive to exploration. Some things should probably be understood and healed or, you know, handled through therapy or or whatever it needs. You know, if there is an evil urge in our bodies because we are filled with light and dark, it's better to understand that. And that's how you can make a decision about whether or not that is a positive or negative influence in your life and in the world. And and that's may, you know, however one believes of sin, that's maybe where you can draw the line. But because like I said, I hadn't been interacting you know, with another man in a degrading or evil way, that was when I truly understood that I had to find my own answers and go on this own, my own journey. To- Your involvement started so young, it seems like. I feel like I was such a late bloomer when it comes to like ex- allowing my brain, because I think that the, the, the inclination is for expansive beliefs. I think that's the, the, how things are meant to happen. But I think all these institutions, these organizations intentionally limit our beliefs, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but it just seems like you did not, you didn't abide by that. And, and, and at such a young age, you're so fortunate. Well, thank you. And it's funny. The first thing I think about is Sagittarius. Sagittarius rules philosophy and religion. And it is naturally a zodiac sign that wants to explore and to understand and comprehend and, you know, experiment. And a lot of the planets in my chart are in Sagittarius. So that's why in my evolution, that's how I am who I am and why I am the way for someone, uh, and, and I'm putting myself in this camp, for, to the most ignorant listener, again, myself, um, can you give a, a dumbed down explanation of what the Zodiac is, what astrology is, are the two words conflated? Um, what's the, the basic, what, just t- tell me like I've never heard of the two words before. Totally. So let's see here. How do I want to go through it? So Technically, astrology is based on the principles of as above, so below, and the universe is one of unity, okay? And astrology on its own is utilized to understand the patterns that we are in, and it uses the placement of the stars to create that diagram and that understanding. As I said before, it also talks about we can make predictions about someone's psychology. And 
within the art form of astrology, there are many different kinds of ways you can approach it. Some people approach it from a very psychological angle. Some people do it in a very mystical angle. You know, at the end of the day, there's so much diversity in the, you know, world of astrology that we can be drawn to our own sort of systems. I mean, the Western system is very different from the Eastern system even. The Zodiac, however, consists of 12 constellations that the sun moves through in a year, and each Zodiac sign is ruled by a planet and has a symbol and an element. These particular aspects are all sort of boiled down into, you know, temperaments, psychological profiles, and that's why we can make a greater and more comprehensive analysis of who someone is, depending on where those planets are falling at the, that exact moment of birth. And so a natal chart is also extremely important. And you can make a natal chart for a person, an event, uh, a marriage, a relationship, a job, a business, any of these things, because that particular blueprint is what is going to allow us to see what is inherently present at that moment of crystallization of the, the catalyst that that birth, you know? So like I said, you know, we are able to look at certain profiles in someone's chart to make a great deal of insight about how you're going to also act, you know? And I think that the natal chart is really fascinating because it's certain things are always coming to light at a different time. So, you know, let's use, we let's use you as an example. You are a Pisces sun. So that shows a great deal of insight into, um, you know, important aspects of who you are. And that is going to give us a lot of understanding of important temperament aspects of, of, of how you're going to, you know, live your life. And Pisces energy is always going to be important. Pisces rules spirit spirituality in many ways. It's about the unknown, the unconscious, dreams, the fantasy world. Uh, the Those things I feel like you are very drawn to in many ways. And that is a great deal because of, of that particular um, that particular aspect of your chart. So the sun was in Pisces. However, I have, so I, by the way, I have your chart here. You're also a Cancer rising. So that means that that's extremely important too because that's how you present yourself. That's how you partner. That's how you move forward in your professional life. Your inner life is your moon sign. And that's also in cancer. This is something we've talked about before. You are highly emotional, highly into well, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, and that's one of my favorite things about you. You know, you are able to tap into these great recesses of emotion that a lot of people can't. And I think that's why you have the conversations and the inclination to find answers about the mysteries of life. It's also why I'm on Let Pro, but that's another story for another day. That's true. That would make sense too. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, I feel like anytime I've said I'm, I'm a Pisces cancer cancer to people like you who, who know what that means, it's the, always the reaction is like, oh, do you self-care? Do, do you take care of yourself? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a, a big factor. I feel like with the water signs, you know, and here's the thing, a little known fact, we have all of the zodiac signs in our chart because by the definition of a natal chart, the, the whole cosmos are in you, you know? You may not have certain really explicit zodiac signs highlighted by different planets. Like for instance, I don't have anything, I don't have a planet in Pisces. I also don't have any planets in Virgo, but those different zodiac signs fall into houses on my chart. Just like for you, you have different things in different areas of your, your chart too. So like I said, you know, I know that's a much more complicated view of what, you know, a natal chart is, but all of these things give us insight into your human experience. And I do think that you may need a certain transit of a planet to really activate something. Like, yes, we all have opportunities for success or love in any given year, but some years are just naturally gonna be more conducive to certain things. Like for you, 
Jupiter is one of the planets that rules Pisces. And so Jupiter entered into Pisces on May 13th of this year, and it's going to stay here until July 28th. So what does that mean? That means it's going to bring a tangible effect to your life. And that's what I, as an astrologer, do. I discern what kinds of things are going to happen by looking at that chart. So whenever a planet is in your sun sign, it really highlights a great deal of the I am energy. You're like who you are. That also would be seen this similarly true to your ascendant, which for you is obviously cancer. So anytime we have a planet in Cancer or Pisces, you're very amped up and have a lot of focus on your personal goals, your plans, the things that are the most important to you. Well, going back to what I was saying specifically about Jupiter and Pisces, we're all collectively going to experience a, a better vibration. Literally on the day that, I, I predicted this too, the day that Jupiter moved into Pisces was the day that the mandate for masks was done. And I said that there was going to be a freeing effect because Jupiter rules Pisces. It naturally represents that there's going to be a tremendous amount of fortune and blessing suddenly manifesting in our lives. Well, for you, and just going back to your particular prediction here, the thing about it is that this is a dawning, a rebirth, uh, a new beginning. Your whole life is giving fertility um, a chance. You know, you're, you're going to be connecting with soulmate connections now you're you're starting new projects you're seeing a new lease on life but this isn't the culmination of everything in many ways this is a starting over the beginning of a new era for you and that energy is also going to be really potent next year because jupiter is going to spend a lot of time in pisces as well so Great. that makes yeah. me happy yeah you, i mean and that's why like I don't know currently where you are in your romantic life but i see much happiness ahead of you and, particularly because of that in your romantic life what's that because when Jupiter's in your sign, you know, like, what's romance? What's love? Oh, well, <laughs> that, that's no. why I am in my romantic life. <laughs> no, no, I know enough about you that that's not true. So I, like I said, you know, there's going to be lots of good fortune collectively because of this particular transit, but you in particular are going to really, really enjoy it much more than other people will because it's a higher vibration when it's in your sign. That's so, so. interesting. That word higher vibration I have on my, um, desktop on my computer, it just has a phrase and it says vibrate higher. That's yeah. interesting that you just said that. Absolutely. So, you know, like I said, I mean, I can, I, I can stare at a needle chart all day and I love to see that these patterns do really resonate with people. And I know it sounds silly to be like, you know, how can you really sum up everyone into 12 sun signs? You know what I mean? Like when I'm writing for Cosmopolitan or, doing a show on ABC or whatever it be, you know, I'm talking about the more generic, generic and general aspects, because that's as much time that I usually have, you know, you get like a blurb, but my favorite thing about the natal chart and astrology is that no one will ever have your natal chart again. You are entirely unique. You are entirely beautiful and no one will have that before. No one will ever again, because the stars are always moving. Right. So even there may be people that are similar to you, but by its very definition, you are made in the perfect incarnation that you're supposed to be in this lifetime. And in many sense, you know, I think a lot of people, when they think about God or whatever that would be, they would believe that same sort of thing too, that they are special and that they have something beautiful to bring to the world. And as an astrologer, I really try to help you find that. Yeah. And you have, and you do. Um, and, and at the end, I also want you to plug your shit so people can know where to find you and book you and, and, and use you as a resource. Um, I just was thinking too, while you were speaking about the, the signs of the Zodiac, that number 12 is so present in a spiritual concept. And, and mm -hmm. you have your 12 signs you have your 12 disciples, your 12 nations of Israel. There, um, there's just so, that's just, I've never thought about that before. How is, does that number, or I don't know if you have any experience in numerology, but does that number mean something about? Yeah, so I'm not actually versed in numerology, but that's what I always talk about. When it, whether you're going to numerology or you're going to spirituality or you're going to religion or you're going to astrology or whatever you're going to, we inherently are looking for answers. And I think that whatever technique or tool that you utilize, if it speaks to you and is bringing you some sense of hope or guidance or light, then that works for you. You know, there are a lot of people that I know that really 
laugh at astrology and don't understand it. And at the end of the day, that doesn't bother me because I'm not here to convert people. Right. But no matter whether or not you believe in astrology, it's always right. It's always accurate. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I'm not out here to, to transform the world into a world of astrology. I just want people to live happier lives. So the people that resonate with my vibration, with my light, with the way that I look, with the way that I speak, they're going to come to me. But I may also not be the astrologer for everyone. You know, I, I aspire to be. I feel like that's why I've had some really excellent opportunities in the media. And I'm very grateful for that. But I think that there are going to be certain traditions that, like I said, other people are really drawn to. And that's the same thing as I was saying about astrology. It's so vast. Mm -hmm. You can take a psychological approach to astrology. You can look at the hero's journey within astrology. You can look at, you know, the, the Jungian approach to astrology. You can look at Western, Eastern, you know, there's, there's just so much, so much wisdom I think that can be found within it. But then the same can be said about any major spiritual tradition, because when you unpack the nuances of what that is, we, we as a collective humanity are such a beautiful species. We are, are so incredibly diverse and unique. And I feel like I don't think one tradition can even sum everything up in in its fullness. You're so right. And what's unfortunate is that I'm speaking to the three main ones right now, but each one of those three thinks that they hold the authority or the, the, the connection to the divine. You know, I, I, I look at what's happening in the middle East and, you know, while I'm, I know that it's over, you know, real estate and money and oil and all these other things, it seems to me that it really boils down to, whose God is the real God, whose word is the real word. Um, and, and I think there's not enough people that are capitalizing off that division um, sure. that, that need that division to not just sustain, but increase um, in order to maintain power or to take back power or whatever it may be. Um, you know, it's interesting too, because I, when I was grappling with my faith and like accepting belief systems that didn't seem to align with my faith, I remember specifically evolution. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the idea of of us in a, you know uh, in its simplest terms coming from you know animals or molecules, and you know you look at creation versus evolutionary education, and to me, I kind of see them as the same because even if you believe in the creationist concept, there's still space for evolution within that, you know? Sure, Sure, we have a a book, an old book, an outdated book that tells us that in one day God made man. But A, how do we know that that one day was equal to 24 hours? B, how do we know that we didn't get the asterisk that explains like God made man by, you know, by throwing this molecule on some dirt and what, you know, just, and, and uh, there being space for evolution there. Um, mm-hmm. I, and so what would you say, cause my goal with this show is not to, to squash religion, but to challenge religion. So what would you say to someone who loves their Christian faith, who loves their Jewish faith or their, their, um, you know, their Muslim faith, whatever it may be, what would you say to someone who says, I, I want to hold on to what I believe culturally, religiously, but I'm really into what you're saying. Is, is there space in the major religions for what you're offering? Absolutely, because at the very basis of it, astrology isn't a religion. Astrology isn't even a spiritual tradition. Astrology is a map hmm. of where the stars are. And NASA creates an ephemeris and shows us where these planets are. It's essentially, like I said before, a documentation of the patterns that we go through. And I think that, you know, if you think back to when astrology was born, you know, people wanted answers about the fiery God eye in the sky when they saw an eclipse, or, you know, they wanted to understand lightning or these things that were much more complicated that, you know, now we have actual answers for. But I think the thing about it though, is that it's not telling you, you have to believe anything. It's telling you to explore. It's, 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 it's telling you to connect mm-hmm. with other people, with people that are like you, with people that are different than you. 
that's while still appreciating the differences in, yeah in others yeah you know and and the thing about astrology too is that it also it just highlights the human experience that's my favorite thing about it is and i talk about this with magazines and on tv and on shows is that astrology contains everything because astrology is life in many ways you know we have different areas of looking at the chart that focus upon love fertility you know passion but then there's also areas that focus on career or success or failure or any of these things in the human experience we all want similar things like that we want to be loved we want to see ourselves be validated we want to experience prosperity and i think like i said by me sort of taking a step back to teach that it's a strategy i think that might be the approach that allows more people to access it and understand that this mystical wisdom that has been passed down for thousands of years isn't overpowering or just predestination you know i truly do believe that you may have the most wonderful natal chart in the world or you may have the best compatibility in your natal chart with someone else at the end of the day we have free will and we can decide how we want to create our lives and so that framework that we're working within shows us how effective we can be as we proceed so mm-hmm. i do think it's very important to like i say be aware of the patterns that exist within you or the way that you may communicate or you practice your skills or you know internalize emotions or any of those things but like i said you know i do think it's important to be aware of also the areas that may be challenging for us because one thing that i also try to illuminate with an astrology is that there is nothing bad per se it's something challenging sometimes you know we can work through that or work upon it but but in many ways astrology is also like looking in a mirror you know there are certain things about myself that i love and then there are other things that i think it has taken me a long time to conquer but sure. i'm here now and as i've evolved I've been aware of those things. So, you know, I I really do like the more psychological attachment of astrology and that's also why I went to school for psychology. You know, I I I majored in that and I wanted to I'm just so fascinated by people and relationships. We are I, when when we uh, were in Palm Springs I I just vividly remember you being so intrigued by I, saying by me sounds uh, uh, arrogant, but I, you just, it's rare to find people like you who genuinely want to know you better. And I remember when you did my, my spread, my tarot spread for the year, you just, uh, it was such like a, this intense, like passion that you had for like helping me explore bits about myself that I didn't know. And I just loved that about you because it was, people don't, especially here in LA, people yeah. don't care. And, and you just, I shouldn't say that, that that's, that's, a, um, that's a, I mean, throwing a, a large blanket on it. I mean, people care here, but you know, it's just, you don't find people like you who really care about people investing in themselves. Um, I don't know if I ever told you, cause I, that weekend you tried to buy me a tarot deck and I was like, no, I'm okay. Like, I'm still trying to hold on to like my, you know, remnants of, of Christianity, blah, 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 bullshit. Um, and my friend Daniel ended up getting me my first tarot deck and my, so the tarot deck that I, um, I have, a rider weight as well, but the tarot deck that's my favorite is a Golden Girls tarot deck. Um, fun. Anyone that knows <laughs> that only makes sense. Um, but it's the funnest tarot deck that there is. Um, and you know, I, I was telling you before we hit record too that uh, last week I was on hold for this project, and I just knew I was going to get it. I'd never felt so good about an audition. I never felt so connected to a role. Um, never done so much work uh, in prep. And I just thought like, I, I'm just so anxious tonight because I find out tomorrow mm-hmm. it's set on Friday and just, you know, I, I just knew. So I was like, I'm going to do a tarot spread tonight and just to calm my nerves, just to get me to bed. And I told you it ended up being, and I hate to use the word terrible because I actually think it was more of a blessing, but it was a terrible freaking read. Um, yeah. Basically just saying like, get ready, honey. Cause like, you're getting some bad news. This is not working out. Um, and I kept trying to get to pull clarifying cards to, to validate myself. 
Um, and I remember going to bed just being like, oh my gosh, like what if this doesn't happen? But I do think that that allowed me to welcome the rejection better than sure. if I did not prep for that. Um, and even, you know, I told you too that when I, when I do tarot, I, I honor and respect the, this, the spiritual contribution to the pull, but I also really focus on, on allowing the cards and the interpretations to make me pull that block away in my brain and ask myself deeper questions so that I can then realign my priorities to hopefully accomplish some good um, with my life. But uh, it, it's, I, mean, I would, gosh, I'd be so embarrassed to do a reading for you because um, I, I just feel like I'm such a baby with it. But I thank you for even then knowing that like I was going to be on this spiritual trajectory and that I was going to have questions and going to be wanting answers. Totally. Well, and I think, you know, as we are evolving and the more insight that we do to turn within, having some sort of tool to harness our intuition or guide it is really instrumental in our progress. So some people turn to tarot, some people turn to runes, some people turn to, you know, all sorts of different, different kinds of tools, like I said. Yeah, you know, crystals or meditation, you know, at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to is that energy is what guides our force. You know, energy is connected to everything. We are energy. And so we have the power to tap into that whenever we want. And whether that's prayer or, or yoga or meditation or art or dance or, you know what I mean? We, there's just so many ways that we can access that sort of inner light. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what I always encourage, you know, for people. But I think in some ways, you know, there's many, uh, there's many ways that you can look at tarot in itself. Because like I said, you know, some people really focus on that it's this mystical, magical right. platform. And maybe for them it is. That's great. But then there's also a lot of people that I know that are very successful practitioners that look at it as more of just an intuitive psychological reflection right. you know and it's like for instance in my readings that i have done and the reason that i like to combine tarot and astrology is because i feel like it emphasizes the same themes repeatedly so i will do something called the full yearly reading for my clients or celebrities or whoever i'm connecting with and what i do is we first dive into all of the mathematics of their chart and where things are. And I might say, oh, hey, I see that you're going to fall in love in June. There's a high likelihood because Venus is going to transit your seventh house. And then there's also going to be, you know, Jupiter that is trining that and blah, blah, blah. That's very complicated. But then when we do the tarot portion, it says, oh, hey, there's the two of cups. You're starting a relationship. So like I said, you know, it, it really sort of shows more information for us to process and gives more color to my particular readings but like that's just sort of my flow but you know however you are using the tarot if it is improving your life mm -hmm. however you are using astrology if it is giving you answers and guidance then i think that it has a place for you absolutely you just said something too that uh, I, I just want further explanation on the, the idea of the houses can you touch sure about what the houses are and what they represent? So there are 12 zodiac signs, and that means that there are 12 houses, and each house rules a different aspect of life. And so depending on when these things are being highlighted, I guess you would say, by a planet or an eclipse or something pretty significant like that, that's when you're going to see something tangible. So for instance, Jupiter's in Pisces, like I said, for doing a full sun sign reading, you are a Pisces, you're going to naturally have more of that energy. But, you know, they, these houses, because they do encapsulate all aspects of life, they give us the ability to experience more of it. You know, I think that, you know, a quick rundown is like the first house is like the self. You know, we focus on our personal goals, our plans. The second house is usually our possessions, our, our finances, our third house is communications, travel, fourth house is 
family, real estate. Fifth house is love, recreation, passion. Sixth house is work, health. Seventh house is relationships. Eighth house is intimacy, transformation. The ninth house is expansion, philosophy. The 10th house is career, legacy. The 11th house is fulfillment, aspirations. And then in conclusion, the 12th house is privacy, closure, and rebirth. So that sort of energy is inherent in everyone's life, you know? And that's why I, I think astrology is so fascinating because we can talk about things on that general of, of, a, of a way, but then certainly on my personal readings, I go in much more depth than that. Right. You know, I want to be able to really get to the heart of matters, but you know, those, I feel like it's really interesting because we see, you know, the hero's journey. We see the evolution of, you know, birth to ascension to death and then rebirth, you know, that's life. That's nature. That's who we are. Uh, speaking of nature, does the Zodiac, uh, is there anything that, that affects, I mean, does the Zodiac affect pets and plant life and, and other living organisms? Yeah, everything. It affects the whole world. So the thing about it is that there's something called correspondences and each zodiac sign is really tied to certain things. And by association, the planets are as well. So for instance, cats are ruled by Venus. So that we could see, you know, aspected in someone's chart or you know, I can even predict when someone will get an animal and things like that, because that's highlighted by the sixth house. And yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. I literally have done a reading about my cat and I, and it literally shows we are soulmate connections. Like his moon is exactly across the sky from my moon, meaning that we are in a soul relationship. Oh. And yeah, and, and my Jupiter is in the exact same place as his Neptune. So it's like nuts. Like, it's like crazy. You can like see all of those kinds of things. But, you know, there are certain astrologers that focus on every aspect of life. I mean, there are astrologers that focus on the stock market. There are astrologers that focus on weather. There are astrologers that seriously, like everything, you know, and even like electional astrology, like that's a really cool branch of it because it can tell you exactly, you know, when to do something. And I, that's what I really love too, is like, I'm always about that productive aspect of like, I don't want to wait for something, but straight up, if the door is closed to you in love or whatever it be, you're never going to find it. Like my, my famous example that I always use is that I had a very difficult time dating in my twenties. It was very rough and I'm a romantic and I'm like, you know, was always ready for my true love. And I would get into these toxic situations and I wouldn't understand why. And so I would like meet intuitives or like talk to people and like, no one could really give me an answer. So I was like, F it, I'm going to look at my chart and truly find out when I'm going to find like the one, like I really want a significant partner. And so that was, that took place in 2017. And I, I looked at my stars and it showed me I was not going to find anyone until the end of August of 2019, which was two years in the future. But I still tried dating, but nothing worked. Like I would meet someone and we'd become friends, which is great, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Or, you know, I'd have like an ex come back or just like crap like that. And it just, like I said, you know, as I marched toward that configuration of the planets, I knew that it was going to be there. So I didn't waste it. Like I planned dates with a few different people in order to find the best option. But I wasn't running around being intimate with random people. I wasn't, you know, being, you know, crazy and trying to like put someone from my past into my future. You know what I mean? Like I was just like open to what it was. And on those exact days, that's when I met Dustin. And, you know, I'm in his kitchen right now doing the re this with you right now. But like, that's what I'm saying is it's like, I take that level of degree to the chart of each person that I work with, because at the end of the day, I want to make sure you get what you want, but you can't just manifest something out of thin air just because you believe it. You have to have something that's actually opening up in the stars. And like I said, you know, everything is energy. And I feel like in many ways, I look at astrology, even like, let's say like when I'm meditating, thinking about it, it feels like this like sacred geometry thing. Like there's just a flow of energy. And that's why it moves, you know, for each person. And can I quantify that 
scientifically yet. No, but maybe someday we will. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's why, again, I feel like it's, I, I let's put it this way. I wouldn't have a job if it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be talking to people all over the world every day. Yeah. If yeah. It didn't work. So you're going to ask about the animals and, and just that their energetic connection, I guess there's a story I just read recently um, about a group of monkeys on an Island somewhere. Um, and th- there was some task that they were taught. That it was some kind of study that they were doing some scientists and there was some task that they were taught um, that was very outside of, of, of what a monkey would naturally be inclined to do or learn how to do. And what they found was that there was an island like a hundred miles away and the monkeys on that island started doing this same exact task. And it just like spoke to the idea of how our, our thoughts have this weight, this actual tangible energy. Um, and I think that's one of the things I love about the Zodiac too, is that it does like, it, it enhances whatever belief system you seem to have almost. Absolutely. And I mean, even just like taking a, you know, a segue from what you were saying about like thoughts and energy. Well, that's what it is. You know, when you're sending any sort of, you know, obsessive thought or sexual thought or loving thought, that is an exchange. And, you know, that sort of, you know, frequency can certainly be tapped into. And and that's why, yes, I, I, I certainly teach that people should keep in a higher vibration and work with their thoughts in a positive thing. But believing you're going to be successful is not going to make you successful. That The big thing that I really emphasize in my work is action. Mm-hmm. So there might be a new moon or Venus might be transiting someplace. And I can say, well, there's an opportunity for love or there's an opportunity for money. But if you don't get off your couch and connect with an authentic action that's going to allow it to enter there, it's never going to happen. Like I have this one client, well, it was a one-time client because we just didn't resonate with each other. But a couple of years ago, I did a reading with, with this, this sad, unfortunately, uh, individual. And she wanted to know if she was going to get married. And I was like, okay, so marriage can be predicted certainly by many different factors in your chart. And I could look at your, you know, we looked at all of it and broke it down. And I looked at it and I was like, to be honest, you've been in a sector or a period where you have a higher likelihood of getting married, but you have like three weeks left. Otherwise it's not going to happen again for like 10 years. And I was like, you're probably not going to get married. She didn't want to know that. But what I tried to say to her, I was like, are you trying to date anyone? Are you trying to meet people? And she's like, no, I want it to come to me. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. Like, I know. And that's the thing that it's like, yes, you can make predictions using someone's astrology, But I find that if you use it as a tool to create your life, you're going to have a higher likelihood of success, no matter what it it is about money, success, fame. I mean, a lot of my Hollywood clients, they want to like, how can they date bigger? How can they fly bigger? And and I can do that because we can talk about when to strike, when to move, when to make that happen. And, you know, there are certain astrologers that are like, oh, you're going to get married at 37 years old and have three kids. I don't think that's helpful at all, but that's not my brand of astrology because it takes away your responsibility in creating your life. Yes. And that's one of my mentors has this um, saying that always sticks with me that uh, luck is where spirit meets preparation. Totally. Because it does allow the space for the spirit world to interject, but not just interject, but, but, but meet uh, meet what, what our own actions are doing and accomplishing. And I love that that's how Absolutely. you technology because it does, you know, have an, it does honor the divine and the spirit world while also accounting for personal responsibility. I love that. Thank you. And, but not to discredit the astrologers or psychics or mediums that do that kind of work. They have their place, their, their niche. And I'm sure that they speak to certain people because I think it comes down to even mentality when it's, when, when I'm connecting with a client, I would prefer to work with a client that wants to believe that they have power. Mm. I want to work with someone that really believes that they can make a difference in creating their life. And if you are of the mentality that everything always happens to you and you have no control, then that's not going to resonate with my teachings and my philosophy on life. So then I wouldn't be the astrologer for that person. And that's okay. 
like I said, I think that because it is an art form and a craft, I hope to work with the people that I can inspire truly, deeply, authentically. But if that's, if they want to come to someone to just map out their entire life and say yes or no, I'm sorry, I don't give that power to anyone. The only person that can have that power is me. Yes. You know what I mean? And and that's what I really, like I said, like I come from that approach that I want to empower you, never turn you away from your own power. And I think that, yes, like like I said, like for myself, when I knew that love was not going to be there for that two years, those two years, that was really upsetting to me. And I was like, still trying and nothing mattered. It didn't, it just wasn't in the stars, but bam, on those exact days when I took action, that allowed it to, to be there. Cause like I said, it was being prepared and I took action and here I am and I'm very happy. And yeah. I hope that I can, you know, continue to help people with that too. Yeah. Well, you already have with me for the past hour. Um, and I think <laughs> my listeners, um, with that, because what what would you tell someone who says, I'm so intrigued by this, I want to get into this? Is there, I mean, can can they go to your website to get a good rundown of how to get into, a, I mean, then maybe that's not the right phrasing, but getting into astrology, studying it, what, what resources do you, do you offer? So my website is kylethomasastrology.com and I release a lot of predictions, horoscopic content on my website. So I can talk about the patterns that people are going into. However, I do think it is highly valuable to do your nail chart. So whether you are doing it online, working with an app, I definitely think consulting with an actual astrology astrologer can be highly enlightening in many, many ways. And the, the cool thing that I feel like really hooks people is seeing the predictions on my website they're like whoa like even to the day like that's why these things are happening and so they become drawn to that and they want to also know more about their path and who they are and all of that insight i do release a ton of content on instagram and my account is mr kyle thomas m-r-k-y-l-e-t-h-o-m-a-s I feel like that's my main platform to connect with people in uh, a social media sense. But definitely, you know, take a gander on my website. I release so much free content there. And I feel like if you are interested in knowing more about what lies ahead and how to harness the power of the stars, just connect with me and we'll set up a reading and it would be an honor to, to do so. Yes. And y'all please go follow him because his posts, uh, there's something so simplistic about them. I mean, Instagram has to be kind of concise for it to be a mm-hmm. thing, right? And I love how you, you, you know, do this. I don't know if they're called seasons of the Zodiac, but they're broken into like three or four different um, posts, I believe. Um, I always have to go to the, to the last one to find mine because it's, <laughs> I think it's the last, um, which I think we saved the best for last, but that's just me. Um, but they, uh, they just, it, it's, it's almost like a digital fortune cookie. I look so forward to whenever I see them pop up on my feed and I'm like, okay, let's, let's go find mine. So y'all please go follow him. Um, any parting words of wisdom or advice to someone who maybe is either queer looking to, to reclaim spiritual mindset or maybe someone who is of faith who's looking to um, expand their social um, uh, belief systems? I feel like at the end of the day, if you believe in the light of humanity and the light within yourself, there can never be an overwhelming darkness that completely swallows you. So finding the right guidance, the right hope, and knowing you have the power to create your future is, is something that I think we all can really learn more about. One of my favorite quotes is from Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, and I use it a lot in uh, readings and, and just kind of, you know, we, we even weave it in online. But all you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be ever present every day. What a beautiful closing. Thank you for offering that. Um, and thank you for offering, I mean, you're so wise and smart 
and intelligent and just well Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm just fascinated by you. Uh, I look at you as like honestly like some kind of guru. Like I I when I always think to myself like one day I'm going to be able to afford Kyle Thomas and I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here today. It means the world to me. Um, I've not seen you since before COVID, but, um, and I've also not met Dustin, but I want to. Um, so once we get, um, once you're back in Hollywood, we'll figure out how to make that happen and we'll go have coffee somewhere or something. Um, so that, thank you. That sounds lovely. Yes. Thank you so much. And I send my light to you always. Thank you all for listening. The Fagnostic Podcast is a Matt Hayes production. Hosted by, you guessed it, Matt Hayes. You can find me at matthayes.com. That's M-A-T-H-A-Y-E-S.com. Or on all the socials at Hayes on it. H-A-Y-E-S on it. Music by Michael Spicer. The Fagnostic Podcast is proud to be supported by the Del Shore Studio. Whether you're acting from a pulpit or a proscenium, whether you're writing for a Bible study or a scene study, the Del Shore Studio is an online school offering classes and workshops encouraging all artists to scratch deeper. Visit thedelshorestudio.com for more information. Mm-hmm.